Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, everyone, and welcome back. So this week, we're going to talk about the coveted the zone, or getting into flow, or that state that people describe when they're talking about how everything else fell away, and it was just that person doing that thing, okay? And it's coming up a lot for me in media because we're starting to see more information now about the upcoming Summer Olympics. And specifically, of course, this week, there was a lot of gymnastics information as Simone Biles, once again, like, you know, is breaking all the records and all the glass ceilings. And of course, a teammate is in her 30s. (gasps) shock and uh, going back um, to the games. And I don't know if it was the Olympics, but I know there was a qualifying um, game or, you know, a match leading up to it. Apologies to all you gymnastics aficionados out there who actually know the right words. Um, But, um, you know, whenever we have, you know, an Olympics and, you know, of course, I grew up in an era where time stopped when the Olympics were on TV, right? It was all we talked about and every athlete, every American athlete for sure, we knew their names. Um, we knew their bios maybe better than they did, you know, and there were these superstars and it, there were era, eras, you know. And back in the day, back even in like the 70s and 80s, you know, sports psychology really came and mental management really came to the forefront around those big events like the Olympics. And it was really the first time, I don't know, in my life that I really saw on display um, this type of mental management and the concept of these elite athletes investing in their mindset. And, you know, the one of the iconic things that sticks in my brain is the visual of a skier up at the top of the hill, like just before they're getting ready to go, and their eyes are closed, and their their heads kind of bobbing back and forth, and you can tell that they're mentally rehearsing their run. And you can just tell that that's what they're thinking about and that's all they're thinking about. And when I look at that image, I think to myself like, oh, that's really cool. And of course, since I was a little girl and saw that image that got embedded in my retina forever, um, I now kind of know what was going on. But the other thing that I will kind of always have awe for, I guess, is that oh, to be that focused, right? Because that person on the mountaintop you know, getting ready to go, getting ready to do their run is thinking about nothing else. They're not thinking about their grocery list, right? They're not thinking about what they need to do tomorrow. They're not thinking about um, any, literally anything else. And yes, those elite athletes 
train for, you know, 12 hours a day or something ridiculous. And, and, you know, their, their lives are probably not uh, weighed down by dry cleaning bags or having to go get dog food or, 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 or mundane tasks of us regular folk. Um, but, you know, they do have lives, they do have relationships, they do have other, you know, people and things and, and, and everything going on. And yet, they are able to set it aside and focus on what's in front of them. And to me, there is nothing, I don't know, that more emblematic maybe of being in the present moment than that visual, right? Or even when you think of Simone Biles and her teammates and gymnastics or any, what pick your favorite summer Olympic sport and think about when they're on their start line and that look on their face and the focus and you know, the world could be falling down around them and they would not know. You know, those stadiums could be, you know, dissolving around them and they would not know because they really are so focused, so in the moment, so every cell in their being is, you know, focused forward on their performance and what their plan is and, and how they're going to execute. And, I think that there's still, you know, there it may not be the kid in me. The Olympics may not be the same as it was, you know, when time would stop in those summer and winter months for the games. But I still think that there's a ton to be learned from watching the Olympics and listening to the pieces of those interviews that that are about their mental preparation. Because since, you know, since the 70s and 80s, you know, that focus has only gotten greater. And we now have the science to back up the fact that, you know, we've talked about visualization before, but the, the fact that, you know, visualizing and rehearsing and feeling and imagining, you know, down to your body really has the same impact as if you physically ran and did that run, that sport, that run through, whatever that is. Um, they say that even when in those athletes that they've put, you know, all the little electric stickers on and all that kind of stuff, um, their muscles are firing. Their their muscles are firing, not necessarily that they're like, you know, lifting their arm necessarily, but the their neurons, the, the neurons in their brains, the things that make their muscles perform and do the thing are doing the thing when they're in those visualization moments, right? So, and, and you'll hear athletes talk a lot in these interviews about, you know, getting in the zone or getting in the flow. And first of all, if you've never heard that, maybe you haven't, um, what does that even mean? Um, There's probably some technical jargon definition of it. But for me, what it means is there's nothing else in the world but that moment. Everything else falls away. Maybe even the crowd noise falls away. Maybe even their coach falls away. Um, Everything else falls away. And then there is only that present moment and their performance. And if you think about times and you think, oh, I really like to do that or has that happened? I promise you, you've been, quote, in the zone before or in flow before. And maybe it's happened, you know, doing something else. Like maybe it's happened doing a hobby or, you know, maybe even gardening or I don't know, like a million other things. But the test for me always is, you know, did, did I lose track of time? You know, could I have done that thing forever? Um, was I thinking about anything else, you know, while I was doing the activity? 
for me, I can think of many examples of when I get into the flow. One of maybe the weird or unexpected ones is when I'm quilting. Like I've quilted for like hours because all there is is like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I just kind of lose all track of time and I'm just super focused. Uh, The other thing is, is, you know, honestly, when I'm training the dogs and I go to class, I'm all present in class and what's happening. And I... I laughingly refer to it as my happy place, but it really is because it is my place where I forget everything else and I just get to be hyper-focused on the task in front of us. So I think there's there's obviously a ton of power in this. Um, in one of Malcolm Gladwell's books, he talks about the concept of, you know, to become an expert um, is the study that uh, exists about like having 10,000 hours at something, right? And um, he wasn't the creator of the study, but he did a brilliant job writing about it and telling a bunch of stories that really bring it to life. And in addition to, of course, oh my God, I need to practice this thing for 10,000 hours <laughs> to become an expert. If you set that aside, one of the other things that comes out in that book is this concept of the ability to make decisions quickly and perform almost reflexively. And I think that was a really interesting takeaway. And of course, some of the proof points have to do with how much experience those people have in each of their endeavors. But, you know, one of the things is, is when you are truly in flow or in the zone, you are in in a, in a lot of ways, and to use very common, very... Um, I don't know, almost lazy vernacular, I guess, you're getting out of your own way, right? And by getting out of your own way and not overthinking it, I mean, there's a lot of phrases that we have that sort of dance around this concept. But what it really means is, is you're getting out of your own way and you're get, and what you're allowing then to come through are the skills and the experience and the expertise and the hours of practice or the hours in competition, and you are able to let all of that come through, right? Because typically when we walk into a ring, whatever ring it is, we're not, it's not usually or often the first time. And if it is, we might have done another sport or something. So we have something to call upon. So what we need to let through and what we need to trust is our preparation and uh, the preparation of our dogs and the skills that our dogs have, the skills that we have. And by finding a way to maybe not overhandle or micromanage, maybe these things sound familiar, um, and literally just sort of get in flow and be present, handle the dog that is in front of you and execute the plan that you have made for yourselves, Um, those are ways that we are then more successful. Okay. I would call, I would put all of these things that we're talking about in kind of the process goals category, right? Certainly not, we're not talking about outcome. What we're talking about is getting in a mindset and getting into a kind of a a mental, emotional, and even physical framework that allows us to just do the thing that we have trained to do and not let all of these external uncontrollables or environmental factors get in the way of that execution. And by focusing solely on the present, by letting everything else fall away, 
we are able to perform, get in the flow, but also let all of that skills and experience shine through. All right. I hope you're tracking with me. I think it's just, it's just when I talk about this, I get excited because I think that when we've experienced it or when you think back to a run that you've had that had those elements, I mean, it just feels like grace come to life, doesn't it? I mean, you, you know, we've all had, whether it's a moment or whether it's an entire run, you know, you've had this time where you're like, yes, that felt amazing. It felt like, you know, my dog and I were dance partners, you know, or it just, it was smooth like butter or, you know, whatever your phrasing is for that. Um, I think we all have had those glimpses of what that could be like. And after this super short break, we're going to talk about how you can practice getting into that flow so that it becomes a tool that you can call upon instead of this highfalutin ideal that you chase. All right, back in a jiffy. Hey there, just a brief break so I can let you know about a product that I personally use for my dogs, Summit Joint Performance. I've been using it for about a year on my older dog, Indy, and then last fall I added my younger dogs as maintenance. Here's why I love it. It's a one ingredient. It's chondroitin for sulfate. That's it. It's clean, 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 and it's safe to use with whatever you're already using, whatever other supplements for joints or anything else that you're using. My personal experience has been that it slays inflammation. So if you are dealing with inflammation or even think you are, I think you're really going to love it. Finally, I one of the things that put me over the edge is I watched the horse people, which that's my background or when I was a kid, and they had such great results with it. And that helped me really lean in, right? The Olympic level Grand Prix horses, you know, Grand Prix riders are all using it. And so it was one of the things that really sort of validated it for me before I started using it myself. And of course, came up with my own personal validations, right? So it's one of those things. I liked it so much that I wanted to sell it. <laughs> so I am a, a, um, a reseller of it and official reseller. And so the link is in my show notes or you can PM me at the Q Coach on Instagram and Facebook and I will get you started with Summit. I really like it. Give it a try. Okay. We know we want it. How do we get it? <laughs> we make it something that we can just kind of almost snap our fingers and call upon it. All right. And so, because that's really what it needs to be, right? That's what it needs to be. It needs to be a tool for us. Um, So when we think about what the elements are of that, there are a couple things. First thing is supreme existence in the present moment, right? There is there is no future. There is no past. There is only this thing right now that you are doing. And every second that ticks by is kind of still the present moment, right? You're not, you're not getting ahead of yourself. You're, you're focused on the very next thing you have to do. You are not thinking about the car ride home. You are not thinking about the next run with the next dog or the next day or, you know, did you get your, the hotel room you wanted, right? None of that stuff is entering in. You are staying here in this moment right now, all right? And for many of us, you know, it's one of those concepts. It sounds so simple, but it's super, super hard because our minds are kind of built to wander. They're built to look for danger in order to keep us safe. 
Um, we get easily sucked into conversations with people about, uh, I don't know, let's say dog show gossip or drama or future or did you hear or did you hear that thing that would happened or other people's stories about their dogs, right? Because everybody has the best dog, which is true, by the way. Um, but so it's easy to get pulled out of our present and into either the future or into someone else's story. Worse, we get pulled into our own past and our experiences and the, the negative experiences that we call upon and that we keep dredging up and we keep dragging around in baggage and drag into the ring with us, right? Oh, well, this one time or this last time I was in the obedience ring, this thing happened or, you know, and we bring that stuff with us. Again, not useful, okay? So... The first thing we need to cultivate in ourselves is the ability to catch the times where our mind is going either, you know, forward into the future or back into the past and catch ourselves and be like, nope, there is only right now. This right now is the only thing I can do anything about. And that takes discipline. It takes awareness and it takes a willingness and a desire to want to build that um, muscle. And it is a muscle. It is a practice in the way that, you know, yogis use that word. Um, you know, yoga, people who, who do yoga call it a yoga practice because they are never perfect. They are never done. And just the act of getting on the mat is a win, right? So I I think of, you know, getting into the present moment as a practice and it's something we have to cultivate and work on, all right? And like I said, catch yourself when you're thinking about the outcome or you're, you know, thinking about something in the future or you feel yourself pulling in experiences from the past into a ring where they don't belong or don't serve you, all right? So that's part one, getting into the present and staying there and handling to the dog that's in front of you, right? Because you can't hold a grudge against your dog either and you can't, um, you know, drag their past experiences in with you either or that's not going to serve you, all right? So again, part one, present moment. Part two is focus. You know, it's really easy in our world, especially of our electronics, you know, electronics and social media get blamed for all the ills these days, but um, it's really easy to be, and people take pride in it, but like to be these multitaskers. And of course, your brain doesn't technically multitask in the way that, um, you know, you're working on two things at once. What it is, is really like your browser that has like 15 tabs open and you're clicking back and forth between tabs. You're only looking at one tab at a time, but you're click, 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 back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so in a way, kind of our lives, our jobs, our society, our friends, our, like I said, social media, technology, almost like applauds our ability to be able to flip back and forth between those tabs. And that actually isn't super helpful. And it's not good for us. So we've lost the ability, I don't know about you, but I'm of the age where, you know, car rides, we had to sit in the back seat and be quiet. And, um, you know, there were no video games. There was nothing else to do but say, she's touching me. She's touching me. She's on my side. 
<laughs> but maybe that's TMI. Um, and but as kids, we had to we had to focus more, right? We weren't rescued by games and shows and DVD players and 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 things like that. So we really need to call upon that focus. So how do you get that focus back? I'm going to say the M word, and I know some of you aren't going to like it, but meditation will absolutely help you really learn to sit still or sit still with, you know, a few thoughts. Even if you're doing a walking meditation and you're clearing your head of everything but the sound of the birds, right? That's focus. You're learning to build your focus muscle. You're learning to focus just on the sound of the birds, right? For instance. So we need to build two parts in order to be able to call into flow. Because when we stand at the end gate and we want to get into flow, we have to be able to focus and we have to be able to be fully in the present moment. And both of those two two things take practice. Neither of those two things are easy. Um, They sound super simple and and they are super simple by definition, but we've gotten away from it um, as humans, right? As a society. And so those things have become actually really, really hard. So again, the way that you can practice focus is to, you know, sit still, focus on one thing, stare at a clock, go for a walk and only think about the birds, you know, sit and meditate in in a sense where you're only thinking about your breathing um, and things like breathing um, and even things like sound. You can take those things with you to the end gate. It's great to come up with mantras and we can go into that in more detail later, but um, that is the way that you start to cultivate a control over your thoughts so that the only thing that is getting in are the thoughts that you need in order to perform at your best, right? If you go into the ring distracted, your dog will feel it. We know this. We know that they are, they're, they're so connected to us, it's ridiculous. All of our thoughts and fears and worries and anxieties and all that stuff, you know, runs down the leash, as we say. And, um, So you really need to be mindful of that. And the only way that you get there is to practice it away from the ring, right? Get into a meditation practice. Practice thinking about only the present moment and just catching when you're like, oops, I I was thinking about the future there. Come back to the present or oops, I was bringing something that happened in my past forward, you know, into this ring. So get in the present and stay there and um, focus so that everything else falls away. And when we cultivate those two skills, and I'm using skills uh, very specifically because I think they can be learned and practiced and honed, um, that is how we become that skier at the top of the mountain who has her eyes closed and his is sort of bobbing back and forth, imagining her best run and imagining exactly how she's going to attack that hill and visualizing the perfect run. All right. So your homework, your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is to find some ways to practice being present and practice being focused and letting everything else fade away so that you can do your best. I hope this serves you and I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs no matter what you're doing. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.